Welcome to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth. Over the next hour, you'll discover how to feel better, look better, and get questions answered to bring out your own glow. Make sure to stay tuned for the whole show as there will be a Q&A at the end of today's episode. Now, here is Carolyn Holdsworth. Hey everyone, welcome to Glow and Tell. I'm Carolyn Holdsworth. So happy that you're here. I'm here with Victoria Valensky, our executive producer. Good morning. Happy to be here, Carolyn. Hey Vic, good morning. Welcome back. Here we are. Um, we're in our third episode. Can so you believe it? I can't. I can't. It's flying by. It's been it's been so great so far. And once again, we are here with another incredible guest and a topic that may be the hottest topic that we could cover all season. I don't know. It's it's plastic surgery and it's injectables. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm so excited for this episode. Yeah, I'm pretty excited myself because this is probably maybe the top question, the top one or two questions that I get at Nurture Spa daily. What should I do? Who do I go to? What does it cost? What's the recovery like? I mean, the questions are endless, endless. Oh, I'm sure. And how do you know that you're finding the right information, right? Right. Right. Well, that's that's what I'm so excited to get into today, because obviously this industry has exploded over the past 10, 15 years in particular. And um, I'm just going to be a nerd here for a second and read some stats, because I don't even know that you know what these have heard, heard of these numbers. I was blown away. Please do. But here we go. So in 2021, U.S. consumers spent $14.6 billion on plastic surgery. What? Billion, not million? (laughs) Billion. Just in the U.S. Just in the U.S. That's crazy. All types of plastic surgery. And then injectables, which we're going to talk about today, Botox, fillers, that sort of thing. Just in the U.S. alone, consumers spent $6.5 billion just on injectables. And injectables worldwide is running, I think it's 16.1 is is Mm -hmm. the global spend for injectables, which really, when I looked these numbers up, it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And these categories are growing by about 10% a year. And um, we'll talk to Dr. Simone about, you know, what is he seeing in his business? And it's just, it's, it's continuing to explode. I mean, there's TV shows about this, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, yep. I'm a big big fan of botched. Botched. That's a good one. And I'm sure the Kardashians kind of explode the industry a little bit too. Oh my gosh. So many reality stars have yep. absolutely. Um, so have you ever had injections, Victoria? You know, Carolyn, not yet, but maybe after the show. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Have you? You know, I have, and they've only been from Dr. Simone. And my story, the short and sweet story, is that years ago when I opened Nurture Spa back in 2005, I was on a little bit of a, a high horse, really believing that injections were, um, you know, not necessary ever, that everything could be fixed and improved with excellent products, great hands, that sort of thing. And you really can make a huge difference with quality products and a quality esthetician and a reputable business. But I did learn over the years that there are some results that can only be received through, you know, an injectable and finding the right person is what changed everything for me. And that was finding our guest today, Dr. Armand Simone, 
who I'm thrilled to call um, not only my plastic surgeon, my doctor, but my friend, as he's been part of our business at Nurture Spa in Pennsylvania for, I think, about 16 years now. And um, he really opened my eyes to what this whole category of business is about and how if you are operating with integrity, um, the right products, the individual with the right experience and the right hand, that beautiful results exist. And um, I'm really proud to tell people that I have injections, you know, all over my face, thanks to him, because I think he does such beautiful work. Oh, and I know we're audio, but Carolyn, your face looks amazing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Maybe one day we'll be showing the videos of this. But, <laughs> but yeah, and, and for me, and I think he's going to echo this when we bring him on, it's never been about trying to look like someone you're not mm-hmm. or trying to look super young. It's just trying to look your best. And I know that sounds super cliche, but it's just about looking better and trying to put things back where they were somewhat. Um, I'm 53. I'm very comfortable saying my age to people. And I'm not trying to look 33. Um, I'm just trying to look healthy. And I'd like my skin to look taut and to have a nice glow and and that sort of thing. But it's not about turning back the clock per se, which, yeah. And I think that's where some people can go wrong. They try to, they swing that pendulum a little too far and then they don't look like themselves anymore, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I actually heard that there's a difference between West Coast beauty and East Coast beauty. Have you heard about that? I have. There, there are books about this. Yeah. Oh my God, it there's is crazy. A, yeah, it's a different look. It's a different approach. And, and you know, everybody's definition of beauty is is individual, and and they're entitled to it. And you know, we're not here to judge or prescribe what beauty should be for someone. But um, yeah, there's a real difference, just like, you know, fashion, you know, Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. fashion, just like makeup, just, you know, hairstyle, um, plastic surgery, injections, people do look pretty different coast to coast. Exactly. And, you know, Carolyn, so you know how we always ask listeners to email or DM questions during the show? Right, right. Well, we have so many email questions today for you and Dr. Simone, because it's such an important subject, right? There's so much to learn. Yeah, I'm really excited. You did mention that we had quite a few come in. I, I wasn't sure it was that many. So that's that's really, really exciting to hear. And in addition to the emails that we're going to get to and answering those questions, our phone lines are open now at 866-472-5788. So feel free to call in anytime with questions for Dr. Simone or myself. And without further ado, let's let me introduce our our coveted guest today. Um, Dr. Armand Simone is a double board certified plastic surgeon who is practicing in Manhattan in New York City on Park Avenue. Um, He's been a surgeon for more than 40 years. As I mentioned, I've worked with him for over 15. Um, He is a lovely human, um, an incredible physician. And his bio, his full bio is available on the website. But just to give you a couple highlights, because it's quite impressive. Um, Dr. Simone, he has he's a native New Yorker as well, which is super cool. And his lovely New York attitude comes through in everything he does. I love it. And he's been a plastic and reconstructive surgeon um, for more than 40 years, graduated from Loyola in Chicago, the Stritch School of Medicine, and also did seven years postgraduate work training in New York City, completing a full residency in both general surgery and plastic surgery. 
He is certified by both the American Board of Surgery as well as the American Board of Plastic Surgery. And he's a fellow at, of the American College of Surgeons and the American Society of Plastic Surgery. Those are two highly prestigious organizations of which to be a part. And he does have, of particular note, an unvarnished record for safety and extraordinary patient care, um, as attested by his standing at Lenox Hill in New York State. Um, he's one of the first that, that worked with fillers over 25 years ago. Um, he, he's just absolutely outstanding in his talent and what he does, and uh, a wonderful um, demonstration of integrity in this field as well. So without further ado, welcome Dr. Simone to Glow and Tell. Thank you, Carolyn, Victoria. Nice to be here with you both. We're so excited to have you here. We've got a lot to talk about. So, um, and knowing us, Dr. Simone, because we love to chat, we better get going. Otherwise, we'll run out of time. <laughs> so, you know, we talked about, you know, the the hugeness of this industry right now. And before we get into the specifics, talk to me about, you know, your inspiration for, beco for becoming a physician and then what led you to this part of medicine. You know, uh, I've always wanted to be a physician. So that dates back to my boyhood, actually. And so I followed through with, the, with, with, with those goals. Once I got into medicine, completed medical school, started my residency, I gravitated towards plastic surgery because of the challenges that it presented. You know, what we do is take someone from one situation and make it better all the time. And so a lot of it requires innovation, use of your skills, what you have learned. Every situation, every trauma case, every, every plastic surgical case is different. No two are alike. And, you need, and, and so the challenge for me is applying what we know, our clinical judgment and our surgical skills to each individual patient. I just want to come back a little bit in what you said before, if I may, Carol, and about, about um, you know, there are different styles of, of, of surgery. And, mm -hmm. you know, surgery on demand, plastic surgery on demand is a, a real particular problem because patients may have an expectation that may be inappropriate for them. And a good plastic surgeon will counsel a patient what not only to do, but what not to do. Mm -hmm. And when it's time appropriate and, and what they can achieve. I always tell patients, you, you don't see good plastic surgery going by on the street. You only see bad plastic surgery. And so good plastic surgery is done with style, integrity, knowledge, and skill. Absolutely. And that's my statement. <laughs> <laughs> You're sticking to your statement. I couldn't agree more. You said this to me before, good plastic surgery or good injections just walk on by and you don't even notice that the person has it. Exactly. I love that. I love it. I think it says everything. And there's such an art to what you do. It's not just about doing it properly, but it's about doing it, you know, with aesthetic beauty and intention and I have to say, as a side note, since I've known you personally for so long, you're also a fine artist. You've drawn and painted for years. And I've always thought that your your hobbies and talents in the arts have definitely contributed to your success in, in working with the face, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, 
What I tell patients in a black room with the lights out, you don't know what anyone looks like. It's a personality. It's, it's, it's a person without a visual connection. Once we turn the lights up, we get light and shadow. And what I do is create highlights and shadows. And we force those highlights and shadows to what we feel we can achieve for a patient to give them their maximum potential with any particular surgical procedure. Um, so the, what's the, what we try to do is remove those things that are detracting from a patient's appearance and highlight those things that are flattering to a person's appearance, all within the realm of normal, okay, with right. no exaggeration. Right. I think that's key. The realm of normal, I think that's well said and really important to keep in mind. Absolutely. Well, so let's talk about let's talk about your mix of business a little bit. Would you say that that your business um, is running parallel to the United States stats? You're doing, you know, a lot more injections than you have in pa past years. Have you fi found that those were growing um, during the pandemic? Since the pandemic? Yes, you know, the injections have have really served a, a great function in the aesthetic world, and the function is, you know, there are many patients who are um, anxious about surgery, frightened about surgery, intimidated by sur a surgical procedure, and financially may not be able to be in a situation where they can afford surgical procedures. The injections give them a different option. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a Band-Aid, but it, it gives them the option to do something that makes them feel better, makes them look better without the commitment to the finance, the risk, uh, and the risks of, of, of a surgical benefit. And it appeals to many patients who are not good candidates for surgery because of other illnesses, diabetes, heart disease, or whatever it may be, that they present a different risk factor uh, on the surgical table, whereas they don't present those risk factors uh, in, in a treatment room with injectables. That's a, that's a great point. Um, and obviously, much less to no downtime, depending on the injection you're receiving. Exactly. Yeah. And what would you say about um, men versus women these days in terms of your both your surgical practice and the the business of injectables? What's going on with the guys? Well, you know, my practice is mo aesthetic practice is mostly with women, but men also are coming now. You know, men, you know, they're 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 subject to the same Madison Avenue hype that that the women are subject to in different ways. GQ magazine, this one and that, you know, that keeping their bodies in shape. Um, so they want to look better. They want their, their six pack. They want to have six six packs, even though it's not natural to them. So we try and create that a little bit. Uh, you know, they don't want large, larger bosoms like a, that make them look like a woman. They may want them reduced and made smaller. And we do those those things. And also, men tend to get full necks. And so we reduce those necks and give them a little more contour in their face. And that makes them look not necessarily younger, but more attractive. Yeah, yeah. I, I You know, no shame in that. I mean, we are all humans. We're all people wanting to look our best. And I really think gender has nothing to do with it. And I appreciate the guys are, you know, are, are showing up at the offices to to take care of themselves. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. Um, so we've got a couple minutes before our first break. So I want to just start with surgery. So we're going to talk about surgery and injectables separately. And 
what would you say are probably the the top two most popular procedures, Dr. Simone, that you're seeing in the office today? You know, what I'm seeing in, in, in a New York office is a little bit different than what we're seeing in, in a West Coast office. Okay. We, breast augmentation is a, is a, is a, a, a large number of cases, all right? But uh, my personal experience is mostly with facial surgery, uh, eyelid surgery, nasal surgery, facelifting, um, and breast reduction or breast lifting. Um, the West Coast does uh, liposuction across the United States is extremely popular. Mm-hmm. All right, it's probably the number one procedure that's being done, uh, followed by breast augmentation. Okay. So we're seeing, but there are trends. Okay, for example, currently there's the trend in the Brazilian butt lift, which is uh, brings in a whole different set of of um, both problems as well as uh, uh, the word I'm looking for is, a, a, you know, what's stylish, all right? And I think Very you trendy. have to be trendy, all right? And mm-hmm. you have to be careful with that because when you follow a trend, the trend has a given lifespan, and then you're out of style once that trend is over. And the pendulum can swing the other way. As we mentioned, we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. There's the twiggy look, and then there's the full rump look, okay? It's right. totally different. And yeah. and so, you know, you, you want to – you really – want to encourage patients to ride the middle of what's normal, acceptable, and we'll get them through all fashion styles. Yeah, it's it's about being kind of like, like you said, like fashion, being a little more timeless. And it's great to pay attention to a trend. But when we're talking about, you know, changing your body, going under the knife, so to speak, elective surgery, um, anesthesia, that sort of thing, it's, it's, it's cause for pause. And I, I, I hear you on that, and I know that you're a person that oftentimes talks people out of a procedure that they may be walking in the door for. And um, anyway, we've got more to talk to talk about on that subject. But before we get into it, we do have to take a quick break. So I'm going to put a pause there. Um, please know the phone lines are open if you want to speak to us live at 866-472-5788. We have just scratched the surface here. So we're going to come back, and we are going to talk about pricing of procedures. That's going to be really interesting. And also, can we do more procedures, a couple surgeries at the same time? So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Glow and Tell. Check out the Voice America Variety Channel on Facebook. This is the place to share and read stories about and from our hosts and shows. And you can add your voice on today's hot topics. Like us and comment on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Glow and Tell is the new provocative podcast from beauty expert, spa owner, and product junkie, Carolyn Holdsworth. The Southern-raised entrepreneur will share her unvarnished opinions on self-care and all things that are meant to glow, inside and out. Carolyn will be joined by guest experts who will go deep, and listeners will discover and discuss plenty about what they see and feel in the mirror each day. Questions and answers will wrap each podcast with no topics out of bounds. Don't miss Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holdsworth. Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at glowandtell.net. Now back to the show with Carolyn. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Glow and Tell. I'm Carolyn. We are here with Victoria Valinsky and Dr. Armand Simone today. And um, we do have a caller that's been on hold for a bit. So um, let's jump right into this. We've got Jacqueline from Las Vegas. Welcome. Hi, good morning. Hi, good morning. Uh, what is so your question for Dr. Simone? Uh, Dr. Simone, I'm wondering about having two procedures done at once. Um, I'm interested in possibly doing both a neck lift and an eye lift. And I don't know if it's possible to do both of those procedures. And if it is possible, does it increase the overall recovery time? Good question. Yeah, well, it is possible. And they're commonly done together. Eyelid surgery and facelift surgery are usually done in combination at the same time. If, you know, if you're in for one, you're in, you know, to double your recovery time by isolating the procedures is, you know, takes more time out of your life and you can do them together. Uh, you can get black and blue from the one or the other or from both. And so your convalescence will, you know, uh, will, will go on. You, it's more or less you're saving time by doing it all together. And you're probably saving expense by doing it all together. Because if you do them independently, now this, if you do them independently, the costs generally are greater for each individual procedure. That doesn't apply to other procedures. For example, if you do arms, uh, upper arms and breast, you know, the recovery becomes something that's very different. And so there are certain procedures that you shouldn't do in combination, and there are other ones that you can. That's a great point. And I, um, Jacqueline, I appreciate your question so much because we were actually going to get into the topic of combining procedures for um, for managing recovery, and also I was going to ask Dr. Simone for managing expense. I mean, are there economies of scale, so to speak, when you're combining these surgeries, and is it perhaps also less taxing on the body because you're not going under, um, you know, partial or full anesthesia over and over over the course of one's lifetime? So, um, awesome question, and I I love that answer. 
Thanks so much, Jacqueline. I have a follow-up question. Is it possible to ask another question? Oh, my gosh. Yes, please. Go ahead. Um, So does age uh, have an impact on the recovery time? If you're older, does it take longer to recover? Is that true of some surgeries but not others? You know, for the most part, it is true, but, um, uh, you know, a 30-year-old may heal a little faster than a 70-year-old. The protoplasm changes. Our bodies do change. Our responses to the insult of surgery does change. But for the most part, if someone is in good health and is cleared for surgery, uh, the, the parameters of their physiology are all normal. Their cardiograms are normal. They have clearance from their personal physicians. You can do just about any any patient. Uh, I've operated in, on women in, in their 90s, and they've been in good health, and they didn't turn a hair, okay? Um, so, you know, it is possible, but you have to be selective on the type of case and what you're doing and, what, and that their general health is, is proven to be good, to tolerate it. And if you do it with a good anesthesiologist, everything is controlled. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's an awesome question. I was going to ask if there's an age cap for any sort of elective surgery like we're talking about. Interesting that you had the 90-year-old. Good for her. Good right. for her. <laughs> Jacqueline, any other questions for Dr. Simone? No, thank you. I'll listen to the rest of the program off the line. Thank you. Great. Thank Thanks you. so much. We appreciate it. So I think we've got a few other questions from um, emailers that we'd like to get to, Victoria, right? You've got those we ready? Do We do. And it's perfect timing. So Dr. Simone, we have Emma from Austin and kind of on the same topic, she's asking, are there good and bad candidates for a facelift? And how long do facelifts last? Good one. Uh, you know, it's hard to say, are they good candidates? You know, what we try to do with facelifting is correct contouring, uh, correct sagging. It's not so much for lines and wrinkles, even though there's the benefit for lines and wrinkles. We try to correct the signs of aging when as we get older, our bones begin to resorb a little bit. Our tissue, soft tissue tends to resorb a little bit. The things begin to sag and fall. Uh, the face takes on a, a rectangular shape rather than a, a triangular form. And so what we try and do is reverse that and add to it. Now, one of the important pieces about facelifting in the last five to seven years is the addition of fat injections to the face. Because as you know, a child has nice plump cheeks and full and, and full features and it gives them the youth. We want to add rather than subtract tissue. So even though we're tightening, we really don't want to subtract, take any tissue away to, to give you that tightness. We want to add tissue. So in conjunction with facelifting, we're now doing a lot of fat grafting and we take the patient's own fat from their abdomen or their thighs or their buttock or flank. And then we inject it into certain parts of the face and, and it works. And if the fat takes, which it usually does, it could last for years. I love that bonus of taking fat from somewhere else. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want that? So You don't take that much, Carol. I mean, darn it. <laughs> darn it. I, I do think that second question of in terms of longevity um, of the procedure, because I think you have not you and I have talked about this over the years. 
naively, I've often thought that, oh, you get surgery, you're done. You don't need it again. Everything's going to stay put. But if it, let's say you you were born with a very hooded eyelid and you choose to get um, you know upper eyelid I'm probably using the wrong term upper eyelid surgery done in your 30s, is it true to say that you may need to get it done again in your 50s or your 60s? Well, I, I'm going to take the word away from you. Need all right? You don't okay. need to do this, okay? Sure. You may want to do it, and there may be indication for it. Uh, and certain procedures, yes, you know, very often they're done secondarily at another point in the future. Okay. Generally speaking, if you take a facelift, a patient who has facelift and eyelid surgery, and you take a picture of them preoperatively, and then you take a picture of them seven years after the surgery, they will look better in seven years than they did when you took that picture preoperatively, but they'll continue to age. Mm -hmm. They will continue to move along. And so structures change. And at that point in time, seven years down the line, you may feel that at my age, I would still like to look better. I'd like to re recover some of the look that I had before because mm -hmm. our process of aging continues and you can do it secondarily, but it's not addictive. You don't have to have something done because you've started it or you've done it once before. Okay. It's really, it's really, it's really a, a collaborative decision with the plastic surgeon. And, you know, I always see this, the, the dyad of, of the plastic surgeon and the patient is critical. I have to hear the patient, the, I, they have to hear me, what we can do, what we can't do, and what we shouldn't do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Victoria, did you, this is, I've got so many questions here, yes. but, but you go first if you've got another one from an Perfect. Anymore. Yes, I have another one from an emailer. Her name's Aria. She's from Salt Lake City. So Dr. Simone, she said that she's also had a facelift. However, with time, she has sunken cheeks and she's tried different things to correct that hollowness. However, she says nothing seems to last. What would you recommend? Well, the hollowness of the cheek is, is a difficult situation. And the reason is, is that there's no firmness, no platform underneath it, okay? For example, in the upper cheeks, and meaning here, we have bone underneath. So any substance that you put into the face has a platform, a solid platform that will allow that soft tissue to move forward. When we go down to the lower cheeks, it's a little more difficult. We've had a, a fair amount of success with Sculptra. Sculptra is a, an injectable substance that provokes collagen formation. And when we inject it into the soft tissues, it produces, uh, it, 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 um, it provokes your own body to produce collagen and the tissues thicken. And that has been relatively successful for, for, uh, for cheek hollows. You can also do fat injections and fat injections. We, as again, we take, there's no rejection of fat injections. There's no, um, because it's, it's, it's a graft, so to speak. It's what we call an autograft. It's your own body tissue. So there's no rejection of it. I think that's, that's a great point. And led me to think of something that we also focus on in the spa, which is we're always trying to improve the production of collagen, right? We're always trying to increase um, the amount of collagen that our body's producing. And in addition to, of course, you know, surgery and injections, you know, we can also, as, you know, as our own, you know, caretakers, try to use the best products that you can that are going to ignite collagen production. Things like retinols, you know, the one of the few ingredients out there that actually does ignite collagen production. 
increased circulation is something that's going to improve collagen production and eventually and hopefully plumpness and a little bit more of that fullness as well. Um, we spoke last week about fitness and exercise and that obviously staying, you know, staying active and moving the body is improving circulation, which is igniting collagen production as well. So I think if we keep in mind um, to come at things from a couple different angles, topically, internally, it's a way to complement um, that facelift that, you know, may still need a little bit of tweaking here and there. And instead of diving right back into maybe more injections or another procedure, if we attack things topically, that could help things as well. So hopefully the the emailer can benefit from that. Um, Dr. Simone, a really important topic that I'd like to get into is evaluating the um, integrity of the physician, of the practitioner that you're going to for these procedures, whether it is something as significant as a lower facelift, a neck lift, eye lift, um, you know, breast augmentation, or, you know, injectables, which we're going to get into in a second. H- how do we evaluate properly if the physician is is right um, to be doing this, credible, um, licensed properly, and then also right for us? I think that you have to have a sense of trust that comes across with the interview uh, and consultation. Whether there's an appropriateness with, without promise, all right? The, no plastic sh- surgeon should promise that they're going to make you look better. No plastic sh- surgeon should promise and guarantee anything. You know, be careful of the high-tech cell. Oh, you're going to be gorgeous. Oh, you're going to you're going to be fabulous. That's that's all promotional, and you should be careful about that. You want your physician to be both certified. You want your physician to have good hospital affiliations so that if there's any problem and you need hospitalization, that, that, that uh, it's available to you and it's quality. So mm-hmm. you can get a good physician by usually talking to your own family physician and practitioner who's had experience with one or two plastic surgeons who they know their work and they know the quality of, of, of the care that a patient's going to get, mm-hmm. or your local hospital. A good teaching hospital will have a staff that's appropriate, well-trained, and meets the credentials that are required by the hospital. Okay. I wish there were, maybe there is, a, a, an online portal of sorts that reviews um, different practitioners for procedures. I know I see reviews every now and then on various doctors, whether it's an OBGYN or my GP right. or what have you, but I, I never trust as to whether or not those are legitimate reviews. Um, is, is, is the web, you know, a source for, well, for credibility? You know, it is a source, but, but you know what, some of those, some of those are doctored. Okay. And there's no question okay. about it. There's real self uh, health grades. Uh, there are a number of uh, websites that, uh, that have reviews. Some doctors have a thousand reviews. Well, you know, it's unlikely that any of them are, are realistic. Um, I think, I, I think it, you have to, you have to be careful with that. Um, you I guess the re- you know the best the best review is the review of a patient who's uh, who you know who's had a good experience. Right. The, the doctor is sane. The doctor is appropriate. The doctor cared about me. I had the feeling that they took good care of me. 
we were we were collaborative in our efforts and what to do and how you know what our goals were we were on the same page with 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 everything and that nothing was extraordinary extraordinary or or exaggerated okay um and of I course you can, you can check out credentials on any on any website excellent i i was just going to interject that the personal referral i think is is invaluable and if you are close enough to someone and you've talked with them about, you know, how do you look so good? What is going on with your skin? What are you using? As you, you know, get closer to someone, they might reveal, well, I actually get some filler from here. I've I've had a little tweak there. And I found that a lot of people have gotten great results that way. But, you know, what I would like to hear from you on also before we hit our next break is how, how far can we um, push it, so to speak, with our physician um, when it comes to advocacy, because I feel that there's still this this feeling of of the doctor is here and I'm over here and how much can I ask? How much can I really kind of grill this physician, so to speak, without being inappropriate or out of line or um, creating something, heaven forbid, could be contentious? You can ask a physician anything. He's, he's okay. He is providing you with a service. And as someone who's either potentially purchasing a service, you're entitled to know what you're getting. Okay. And, and, and there should be no ego involved with this. If the ego of a physician is injured by a question or that the fact that he's either he or she is either questioned or not necessarily doubted, but just questioned, I think you should head for the hills. I think you should take off. You know, a, a good physician, a good plastic surgeon is confident in what, how he feels about how he can help a patient. He should field any question. He should welcome any question. And as a matter of fact, what I tell my patients is make a list, mm -hmm. write your questions down to be sure that you don't forget to ask them when you come in. I'll try and cover all the material while you're here, but I may miss a, a few points here and there, but write your questions down. And there should be no ego involved with this. No physician ego involved with this. They should answer every question. And there's no silly question. There's no question that's unimportant. Okay. I love that. I love that. I appreciate that that message and that sentiment. And I, I do encourage everybody that's listening here that's considering a, a procedure, whether it's as small as, you know, getting your forehead touched up with Dysport or Botox or, you know, multiple um, elective surgeries, be your own advocate. Ask the questions. Don't be intimidated. Obviously, there needs to be a respectfully a conversation that's rooted in respect. But I love the idea of making a list and going in with that list. So um, unfortunately, we've got to take a quick break here. Um, the phone lines are still open if you want to speak to us live at 866-472-5788. And when we come back, we're going to dive into injections and talk about those and get all your questions answered. So we'll see you back in a minute on Glow and Tell. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. It's time to get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson, the Midlife Whisperer. Your midlife roadmap is the blueprint you need to roll with change, transform yourself, and create a fabulous second adulthood. Get answers and solutions for whatever you're up against and transform problems into opportunities. Make your next life chapter your best chapter with Rock Your Midlife every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth. Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at glowandtell.net. Now back to the show with Carolyn. Welcome back, everyone, to Glow and Tell. We are here with Victoria Valinsky and Dr. Armand Simone, plastic surgeon based out of Park Avenue in Manhattan. Okay, this show is flying way too fast, Vic. So we are just going to try and... Too fast. I know, too fast. <laughs> so before we get into um, discussing injectables, the types of injectables, what to look for in your physician and in your product, Dr. Simone, I quickly just wanted to come back because we promised some general pricing on some surgical procedures because I, I do believe that a lot of us out there think that the pricing of these elective procedures is so out of reach that we don't even go in for a consult. Um, so if we can, I'm just going to rattle off a list of a bunch of different procedures. And if you could give us a general um, approximate number um, in terms of what the cost could be, I think that would be helpful. And it's important that everybody realize that this is a general range. Prices obviously vary depending on where you live and depending on the type of um, physician provider you are working with, obviously. So, Dr. Simone, um, what about a neck lift? What's a price for that? A neck lift can range anywhere from twelve, from eight to fourteen thousand dollars. That's that's a range. Okay? Eight to fourteen. Okay, and a lower facelift, which I know is often combined well, with a it, neck lift. Yeah, it's really about the same, okay? Because you need to do one, you really need to do you do the other, okay? There, there's there adjacent structures, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, you want your transitions 
from one one surgical one anatomical area to the next to be smooth and normal. So if you just tighten the neck and you have big jowls, it, it doesn't look right. Okay, that's why you so, see so many people so doing the for two. For the most part, yeah. it's, it's all contig- You know, all all the same with the lower you know neck lift. Okay, so in this next question for pricing, you'll probably say the same thing: under eye surgery and then upper lid, the upper eye. Okay. Yeah, the lower surgery, lower eyelid surgery, about four four thousand dollars. Upper eyelid surgery, four thousand dollars. Combo, okay. eight thousand dollars. Okay. That's kind of an average price. And what what about a brow lift? There are different kinds of brow lift. Usually, they range anywhere from five, five to eight thousand dollars. Okay, and rhinoplasty, aka nose job, eight eight to twelve. Okay, and tummy tuck. Tummy tuck. It's a tough one. It depends on whether it's, it, liposuction is done in conjunction with it, but generally speaking, anywhere from ten to fifteen thousand dollars, sixteen thousand dollars. Okay. And the last one, um, the Brazilian butt lift BBL. What's the pricing on that? It's about eight to twelve thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you for that. I know it's tough to to throw numbers out there, certainly when you haven't consulted with anybody. It really but, is. <laughs> but it, you know, my goal was to just put some sort of direction on this so people can, you know, wonder, is it ever going to be attainable for me financially? So thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Insight. And just going back, because you're a consumer spending that kind of investing that kind of money in yourself, you're entitled to, uh, as we said in the earlier segment, to ask those questions and, 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 and to, you know, and, and to get all your information from your doctor. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be your own advocate. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to get into injectables, something that, you know, I have really benefited from. I have so many friends and family members who have as well. And as I said at the top of the show, it's it's not really about making ourselves look different. It's just making ourselves look better. I know you and I have talked about, you know, one goal in using um, the fillers and the disport, et cetera, is to make you look really well rested, like you had a great night's sleep, like you just came back from vacation. And that's certainly how I feel that I've benefited and how I look from your beautiful work. Um, But let's just start with the basics real quick. Um, Some people may be very familiar with the types of injectables there are, but let's just spell it out quickly because we've got two categories as far as I see it. Generally, we've got fillers, and within that category, there are different types and different brand names that people throw around. And then we have the botulinum toxins. I hope I pronounced that correctly, which have different, um, which are really kind of the muscle paralyzers, quote unquote, if you will. And those have different brands. So um, let's start with the Disport and the Botox, Dr. Simone. Okay, so- to us. These are, these are botulinum toxins, and, and what they do is they paralyze the muscles. The muscles have attachments to the skin, and as the muscles move, the skin wrinkles, and by relaxing the muscles, the skin will be less wrinkled. They're, they basically function in the same way. This board is slightly different chemically than Botox. Is a, a tweaking of the of the molecular formula. Um, in my in my hands, I'm, I, I prefer this board to Botox. I think it's more predictable, has an early onset, and lasts longer. Um, but there's something another product called Zeomin, which also does the same thing. They all function in the same way. Um, and, okay. and they are effective. We use them, generally speaking, for forehead, crow's feet, and the and the elevens. 
Uh, we can do it for the lower uh, lower chin area when there's some puckering. Um, we can use it in the neck uh, when there are bands in the neck. Tech uh, neck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So talk to us about um, the longevity of this product, because I know I, I, I've talked to so many friends and clients at Nurture that there's a wide continuum. I, I know that I seem to get mine every seven to nine months. I know people that are getting it every three to four months. I heard that you shouldn't get it too often. I've also heard it has a cumulative effect. Um, so in this category, what what's what's the real deal? What's the truth? Well, the deal is is that generally they should last they last three to four months, but up to six months. And people such as yourself can last seven months, eight months. I've had patients say it lasts lasts a year. So there's a an individual factor that we have to consider, and an individual experience of a patient. And then there's the average patient. So at this point, the average patient comes back anywhere from five to six months. Okay, for okay. injection. My experience with Botox is they come back sooner, three to four. months months. That's a little soon. It's The product costs the same to the, to the provider, but, you know, to come in every three or three months for injections and is, is, it's not terribly convenient. So my take on it is I'd rather see patients less often because I know they'll come back. Six months is not such a bad time frame to come back and get, a, you know, a, another, another fix, so to speak. Yeah. Victoria, you've got a question. Yeah, this kind of touches on one of our questions from Grace in Los Angeles. She says, hi, Dr. Simone, would you recommend Botox or fillers for crow's feet, 11 lines, and forehead wrinkles? Forehead wrinkles would be the uh, botulinum toxin, which would be uh, either usually Botox, Dysport, or Xeomin. Crow's feet, the same. You can use some injectables uh, such as a hyaluronic acid in the crow's feet, but they don't last as, they don't really last as long. Um, what was the other one? The forehead wrinkles? Yeah, the forehead wrinkles, that's really Botox or Dysport. And if I can add to that, Victoria, and I was going to share this a moment ago when we were talking about my longevity of Dysport, I find that this is where good products at home um, consulting with your esthetician is going to help tremendously because there are a lot of topical hyaluronic acids that are going to help improve the look of your skin, always ensuring that you are exfoliating on a regular basis, both with chemical exfoliants and manual exfoliants. We're going to talk about this in a future um, Glow and Tell episode as well. But I think that that has got to be part of the secret to the longevity of my um, injections, Dr. Simone, is that I've got a good home care practice that's really continuing to make the appearance of these lines and wrinkles look less so to look a little bit softer. And the topical hyaluronic acid I use is continuing to plump things out. And I don't get a lot of filler, if any. And that really, I think, is, is why, because I've been using all the topicals. Oh, well, it, all, it all works hand in hand, okay? Right. It, it really, one complements the other. Right. Absolutely. Let me just throw in something, if I may. Um, be careful how you, where you go and, and where you get these products from, because some of these products are made overseas and they're on and they're not on the dark web, so to speak. But they are purchased. They're manufactured in 
in in foreign countries, and the company won't stand behind them. And um, so, be sure that when you can, you should ask your physician: Are your products the products that are made by the company here? You know, are, are they the real thing, or are they are they bargain products? In, in other words, uh, do they come from? Other, I won't mention the countries, but there's some third world countries where this stuff is manufactured. I love it's the, not the same quality. I love that you brought that up because that's something that's that's important to discuss because you can find, you know, discounted, you know, Botox, Dysport injections. Um, Groupons are out there still for these, you know, they're advertising $10 a unit, $5 a unit. People often ask me, well, what is so-and-so charge? Well, I pay this much per unit. Talk to us about that quickly. What is the pricing continuum? I know that there's certainly a different price if you are doing an injection versus somebody that doesn't have your background in education, say it's a a nurse of some level or a medical esthetician. Talk to us about pricing and and also the mixing of the the products. How it's how it's you know, you know, the more for example, if you take Botox or you take you take Dysport, we have it comes in a dried form. It has to be diluted with 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 uh, with saline, which is salt water. We dilute it. The dilution is given. The company tells you what the proper dilution is to get the proper effect. If someone dilutes it more so, they're going to stretch it further, which means that each individual will get less of a result for less long. Okay, so the duration and the effect will be be changed. You want to be sure that the dilutions are correct. That you're getting you're getting what you pay what you pay for. If it's selling cheap, you're not getting you're not getting it, the proper um, uh, solution. How do we ask our provider? How do we ask the physician? How are you diluting this? Where'd you buy your product? Again, it's that advocacy versus being disrespectful. How would you suggest we have that discussion? You can ask them right out. They should tell you right out right out right. You know, if he tells you it's coming from a third world country, then, you know, you you don't want any part of it. Or if they're not answering you directly and kind of dodging the question, then dodging maybe, the question. maybe you want to go to someone else. Okay. Yeah, that's why consults are so valuable. Absolutely. Any side effects of these that we need to be aware of? You, you can get some weakness and it. it's very, very uncommon. But with this board of Botox in the forehead, you can get a, a drop of the brow. Sometimes, occasionally, that happens. Mm-hmm. It could be because the it, it, because the product has dispersed in a way that it affects the muscles that it shouldn't be affecting. But you know, the good news about these products is that is that if you don't have the result that you're looking for, the best, or if you have a problem with it, they, it doesn't last forever. They usually write themselves within three to four weeks. Right. And then you'll go on and have the result that you're looking for. The bad news with these products is that if you have a great result, it doesn't last forever. <laughs> all right, exactly. <laughs> you know, you, know you, you have to, yeah, you, you, you still have to get it again, so to speak. Absolutely. One thing that I remember you said to me years ago is with the Botox Disport, um, what you see is what you get in about two weeks. So don't expect immediate results with that product. With fillers, you will see an immediate result. Exactly. Okay. Uh, with the hyaluronic acid fillers, what you see is what you get right out of, right out of the gate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, other products such as Sculpture evolve over time, and they evolve over the course of months because of the pro- provocation of collagen production. Now, that's a wonderful product. It has a very global uh, usage. Right, right. Um, okay, so we are 
getting short on time here, unfortunately. Victoria, did you have any other fast questions before we have to wrap for today? We're definitely going to have to do a part two with Dr. Simone. I was just about to say that. I think we need a part two because I personally have so many questions for you. (laughs) I know. Same here. Well, before we break for the day, um, please, Dr. Simone can be found. Please find him at armandsimone.com. He is in New York City, again, double board certified plastic surgeon in his office in Manhattan, also at Nurture Spa in New Hope, Pennsylvania by appointment. Come see us, go visit him, give us a call, email us, carolyn at glowintel.net. Would love to have questions from you. And we um, are going to have a great Q&A episode next week where we're going to dive into other topics in addition to these. And we are probably going to be having Dr. Simone back for another visit because we just didn't get halfway through our agenda. (laughs) All righty. So, everyone, thank you so much for another great episode. Dr. Simone, thank you. Thank you. And Victoria, great to see you. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Carolyn. See you next week. That's a wrap, everyone. Thanks for listening to Glow and Tell. I'm Carolyn. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Glow and Tell. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Didn't get your question in? Be sure to call in again next week. We wish you a wonderful week.